Good morning, you bastards. It is a bright Monday morning. It is not a bright Monday morning. It's the opposite of a bright Monday morning. I guess it's all about perspective and just how you see things. It is. You know? I mean, you have your sunshine with you. you got, we got a little boy in the room today. Jonathan brought his, like, training buddy with us. <laughs> Giving a shout-out to Rivers. What's up? Hey, buddy. Yo. Anyway, um, you know, have you been to the art museum lately? Yesterday. What did you go see there? Anything cool? Uh, I let Rivers kind of guide me around what he wants to see. Usually it's the mummies. Yesterday, uh, we got fixated on that giant metal tree outside. I, 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 I was his age. I went straight for the boobs. Mm. Statues with boobs. Were I still like go that. straight for them. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've ever seen uh, Monet's work, whether it's in a book or whether it's in real life, he oh, did yeah. a series of paintings that they called, I think, the, the haystack paintings. Mm -hmm. that kind of, yeah, and, yeah. What he was trying to do with these haystack paintings is he'd go out there and he'd paint them in the morning and he'd paint them at night. Mm. And if you looked at each one, you could kind of tell that the painting, whether it was a morning painting or an evening painting, just by how everything was lit up and how everything was presented to you. Yeah. One set of haystacks would be a bluish tint. That'd be more of an evening painting. Mm -hmm. One would be more of a reddish, warm tint. That'd be a morning painting. You'd have the, the overtop of the day and it'd get more to... The yellowish, what we know, if I say what colors, hey, you would say. That's, that's yellow. Yellow would be the local color. So yeah. if we had pure white light bouncing off that hay, we would see yellow hay. Mm -hmm. But as the day changes, we will get different bounce light off of the color. The color, color of the light changes. And that's what he was trying to discover, right? Yeah. So just for fun, nowadays we're in 2017. <laughs> What if Monet was alive today and he decided he wanted to make a print or a book of his paintings? Uh -huh. There's a couple of uh, things that he would need to think about when he went through the process. And what we're talking about is first you'd have to capture it, uh -huh. take a picture somehow, scan it somehow, his painting, yeah. display it. We'd have to first teach Monet what a computer was, I guess. Yeah, you can do you can do uh, just on your website or on a screen. You'd have general. to see it on a phone, on a computer, yeah. on a laptop, mm -hmm. you know, even on a TV. But, oh, yeah. And then you'd have to, he'd have to print it. And he'd have to figure out, is it going to go on a glossy page in a book? Or is this going to be like one of those nice matte um, art prints? Art prints that you pay way too much for. Or is it a poster? A poster, poster yeah. <laughs> So all those things, he's going he's gonna to have to walk and go through that journey. Now, let's say Monet was us. Mm -hmm. And he walks in, and in his best friend, she asks the guy, will you just please make a print of this? And he walks away, and he just assumes that everything will be fine. He comes back two weeks later, and what does he see? All of his prints look really different and dark yeah. and muddy. Not what he was expecting at all. Not, and now he can't even, he, like, the guy charged him too much, and now he's like, I can't even show these off. Right, you had no control over the situation. And he's walking away going, you had one job. <laughs> <laughs> but little did he know. So then the guy says to him, well, let's go over what we had to do here. Here's what we started with. Mm -hmm. All right, so Monet captured the images. What are some of the ways Monet could capture an image today? Usually the, the ones you jump to are uh, a camera or a scanner, right? And what are the differences that we have with scanners nowadays? It's basically we have the, uh, the optical resolution. Mm -hmm. That's basically how smart it is, how much it can actually see. How, how, how sharp it can scan something. Yeah. Uh, in the most lame, lame, layman's terms, and also your like what the size of the scanner, how big the bed is. Yeah. And Monet wasn't 
painting in a, a eight and a half by eleven. No, <laughs> it was painting much bigger. Yeah. So right away we're like not going to be able to use the scanner. Yeah. Right. Uh, we could we we would have to tell one. Hey, we need to take a photograph of it. Mm -hmm. And so we have different cameras we can use it. Nowadays we have digital. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Which DSLR. Is, yeah. DSLRs. It's hard to find film anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is hard to find film anymore. But what the what the camera's doing is it's basically replaced film. And it's put in a uh, a digital imaging sensor, it's a DSLR. That's the fancy term for it. Yeah. But in, in a sense, it's it's now it's all digital. Yeah, and which so, makes it easy because most of us have a computer now. Too. Right. So let's say he takes this photo, right, and he doesn't even go to the computer yet, and he he looks down at the at the display on the back, and mm -hmm. the colors look off right away. Oh yeah. The first thing he would need to fix is the the, the white li balance, the lighting. Yeah. Yeah, the white balance. Cameras are stupid. They don't know what white is, mm -hmm. so you have to tell it. That's that's the really in the gist. That's the one thing you're gonna have to know about a camera is yeah. they're done. Yeah, you know. And there's ways around it. What, what's one of the ways you can set your white balance when you my, do? My quickest, uh, like, dummy proof way is with a paper towel. It's, paper towel. Yeah, it's not it's not a hundred percent white balance because there's a bunch of technicality behind that. But if you have like a white sheet of paper or a paper for what we do, right. usually a paper towel, um, focusing on the paper towel next to what you're taking a picture of, right? That'll get you close. Yeah. But you can actually buy white balance cards, and mm -hmm. they're actually technically eighteen percent gray. Okay. And so when you hold that up, that you can use that to tell the camera like this is what the ambient lighting is in this room mm. now at least monet can bring a photo to the guy and say this, this, is, this, is, this is it this is yeah. as close as i can get with my capture right yeah so the guy's going to pull it up on his monitor and mm. what's kind of the first thing that's going to happen when he pulls it up on his monitor i don't know is it, it that's is it a, calibrated yeah is his monitor correct is he have like the wrong because just like how the morning light and the evening light affected the haystacks mm -hmm. the morning or the the like the a window coming in and shining on the if the if the room you're in is painted blue mm -hmm. that bounce light of blue onto your monitor is going to affect what you see oh yeah so you have the local color that are being projected on your monitor mm -hmm. but you still have, to, still have to deal with the bounce light on your monitor and so one of the things you need to do is you need to correct your monitor you have yeah. to adjust it and you can use something like a spider pro or calibrate it and when it calibrates it it's gonna find um and make sure that you're getting true colors that that monitor is capable of yeah and that would be called a, a, a color gamut which without getting too far into that rabbit hole with the goal the goal for the calibration is that what you see on your screen those colors are going to match what you're capable of printing at right that's the whole theory behind that well just as like a, a quick synopsis kind of it's just a part a link a part of it it's more or less think of it backwards if you were to take a picture of monet's haystacks mm -hmm. not the painting but if we actually went and took a picture of the haystacks oh, okay our eyes just if we were computers right. our eyes in the back of our of our retinas have cones and rods those cones and rods bring in all those millions and millions of colors mm -hmm. so what we're able to see they go down our optical nerve that's attached to our cones and our rods right it's a nice gradient of blues, millions and millions and millions of blues. Right. But of course, the computer will never be able to capture that. Right. <laughs> so it has to adapt and it has to come up with a color gamut, which mm. is basically like 
if then situations. Sure. If we've got this blue, but we can't really make it, we're going to add these two colors together and it should be close enough. It's mm -hmm. a believable blue, right? Right. Like if, if we were actually to take like a measuring stick and hold it up to it, it might be different, but to the eye, it's, it's passable and believable. It still looks good, right? Cool. Your mom won't know. No. <laughs> you know, my mom wouldn't know, you know, the average person is not going to know. Sure. So we have the capture. We have, um, a monitor in front of us and now we've basically adjusted it using you know spider pro there's a couple other and all they do is they hang yeah it's a it's like a little box that hangs on your monitor it's like a third party that looks at what you're seeing and says nope this is wrong yeah this and is the then, average yeah um this is this is the norm this is the standard you're basically trying to get back to standards yeah um and so now that you got the standard you have to turn it back into something tangible mm -hmm. you have to print it right yeah what are options? What happens when we print it? And anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know well, I, so, I gave you, I gave you, uh, I have a, a, a decent printer in the basement here. Mm -hmm. It's not a, it's not, you, you have your choice of going to office max and getting a printer and you're going to yeah. be and Monet's going to be mad. He's going to be like, why'd you use this? Yeah. But you have, we have entry level. Like I think I paid $600 for this Epson printer mm -hmm. and it, it has uh, nine different inks. Yeah. It uses not just the standard four, which um, makes a huge difference as far as print quality. You're going to get a much better range of yeah. color. Because if you think of it this way, like you're going to get one print quality going to Kinko's and then you're going to get another print quality going to like an actual print house somewhere that... Or everything's calibrated. Yeah, they're staying yeah. on top of their stuff. Kinko's does not care about color calibration. Right. So it's the same thing like you're getting an all-in-one printer versus like a nice higher quality photo printer what was printer. what i know you were down here in the in the basement it was where the printer's at you mm -hmm. were down here playing with them um, uh, with some of your your paintings what what did you what did you find was most frustrating about printing the uh the two big things are um you you deal with like what paper you're printing on which mm -hmm. has a huge factor in that which most people don't realize that um but then also what what you're telling the program how you want it to translate everything to the printer. So that color gamut, yeah. you're trying to tell it how to handle the misinformation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really, really quickly, it's, um, there, it's referred to as rendering intent, basically how it's going to convert it from one color space, i.e. your monitor, to another color space, i.e. your printer. So what we see on the computer, ultimately, if we've put all this work in that's what we want to see on the paper right exactly so the 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 rendering intent you have these uh one two three four different settings four basic typically. settings right yeah and um real quickly it's uh saturated it kind of wants to make a very vivid photo for you or a very vivid picture so it's not really worried about ac color accuracy it just wants to find the the poppiest combination yeah. Um, then we got per perceptual, which basically is looking for the closest thing that is harmonious with your eye. So what you see on the screen, it's going to try and translate that as closely to the paper. Um, that's usually my go-to. I think it's mine too. For a starting point. And then you've got relative and absolute relative. Um, there's a lot of stuff, but it, it shifts what it can't actually translate to the closest color. And then absolute just clips it off. It leaves it off. And so relative, you've probably seen this already. Basically, if you have a, a, 
a all-in-one printer from Home Depot, mm-hmm. a Home Depot, Office Depot, <laughs> <laughs> and you, you take a picture of the sky, and there's that color banding when you see right. the, it starts really nice fading of blue, and then it's the same color blue three times, line, and then line, a lighter line. color blue three times. Yeah. That's called color banding. That's what, what relative would do to you. Yeah. And I think it's just a process of playing with it. We would... We would probably take Monet, we would walk Monet through this, and we'd say, let's try a couple of these settings. Uh-huh. Because just as much as there's a science to measuring all these variables, it's still it's uh, still an art to how to get it all to work voodoo. together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we, <clears throat> so when we do our printing out, if I were to walk Monet through it, I'd be like, let's, let's do some tests and do some smaller prints uh-huh. and kind of see which ones are representing the best we can yeah. and hang them on a wall in different lighting and, and see, see how we did. That's the thing too, is like getting people to the point where they're, they're willing to uh, just try things. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like anything. It's like, Oh, I, I got a new medium. I'm going to try this out a little bit. When it comes to printing, do a few test prints, you know, mm. play around with the different settings. Cause each one is going to give you a different result. And, and sometimes it's not what you expect. And by no means, is this podcast going to give you a detailed interpretation of how exactly to do it? We're okay. trying to give you an overview of knowing that there's a little bit more that goes into it than scan print. Oh, yeah. um, if you could think of the color gamut as a triangle and the uh, camera sees one triangle mm-hmm. and let's pretend that in a perfect world, the, the the and the triangle represents. I'm sorry. The triangle rope represents the color. I, I left that part out. So <laughs> let's let's start over. We have a we have a we have a triangle. The top is green. At the bottom left is blue, and at the bottom right is R. That's called RGB. And then the very middle is white. So we're gonna see all the colors of the rainbow within this triangle. Mm-hmm. In a perfect world, the camera would see this triangle. You know, 90 degrees to the ground, straight up, perfect. Right. And the camera would translate that to the monitor. You'd see the exact same same range of colors on the monitor. And in a perfect world, the printer would just spit out the exact same. And I think that's what Monet wanted in the first place. Right. But what actually happens is if you can imagine the monitor tilts that um, triangle a little to the left. So the greens at the very top, even though you can capture them with the camera, you can't display them exactly on the monitor. So the monitor's got to come up with some tricks on how it's going to do that. And right. the same thing again happens when you print. Yeah. And, and so things aren't perfect. You can't, you can't expect just because you see it, you know, in real life, it's going to be this way that you're going to go through all these processes. Right. Well, cause it, you realize that and it's all these different settings are there for you to adjust what you're trying to capture and print to and what you're trying to bring out. Right. Cause you're yeah. going to, you're going to print, Monet's haystacks in the evening differently than you're going to print his haystacks in the morning. Because you're dealing with more warmer colors, mm-hmm. and the warmer colors on the gamut might be easier to print. Right. I found that cooler colors are a pain to print. Oh, yeah. You know, actually, when I first got the, the Epson uh, printer, and I made my fancy um, painting, and I went through this process that Monet just went through. Right. My blues looked terrible. Everything was really nice, but my blues, like they were just, they were saturated or they were fuzzy. There was no gradient in between. Yeah. And I didn't understand what happened. So how I did it in the beginning, it wasn't to like understand this process that we've laid out. What I did was I took and made color swatches. Of all the different. Of all the different colors. And I faded each color and then I printed it and I circled all of them that 
printed like crap. And I said, well, I'm just not painting with this purple. I'm not painting with this blue because it doesn't print very well. Right. And I just wrote it off for like a year. And then yeah. finally one day I was forced to well, figure this stuff out. That's the, that's the scary thing too, I think, with uh, a lot of us switching over to digital workflow is you can literally pick any color you want to. And the the whole concept is, while that's great, you may not be able to ultimately print it exactly the way you just picked it. Yeah, the, and, and then we still have the interpretation of the brain. Mm -hmm. We've left all, we've been so scientific. So as we can get technical and say there's rods and cones on the back of the retina, and it goes down an optical nerve. Right. Then it goes into the brain for interpretation. <laughs> so all of it's for nothing because, well, yeah. and that was, I think, get, to pull it all back together, that was Manet's whole point. Mm -hmm. You know, is that when he's looking at these, the, the feeling that's invoked looking at these morning, even though he's doing color studies, the feelings of a morning haystack versus an evening haystack versus a noon haystack, mm -hmm. they all have three different feelings. If you put them in, in, a, in a living room, mm -hmm. in three different houses, three different living rooms, each living room is going to have its a different ambient space because yeah. of his interpretations, right? Yeah, and that's kind of the cool thing too because also we each individually are capable of looking at that and being like, oh, that's a nice morning uh, sunrise or like, oh, that's a cool sunset picture. Like we're even though like there's different feels and everything we each can look at something and be like i know what that is yes you know? and i think that you know to wrap it all up what we're what what we're what we've talked about is mm -hmm. the, the, we, we've made the artwork we have to capture it we have to print it or we have to capture it we have to display it mm -hmm. and then we have to print it and we have to keep the intent the original intent you know, pure or, or still there. As close to as possible. Yeah, and we can't muddy it up by, you know. And so I don't think you have to take a, a science course to figure all this out. No. The, bi the biggest thing is just get in there and play with it. Yeah. And this know? is kind of our segue into this. We're, we're going to take each one of these, the capture, display, print aspect of it, and we're going to dedicate a, uh, an episode to each one. Yeah, we'll break it down. That way that way we can try and, because a lot of this is very easy to scare people off, but yeah. it's something that's very accessible to us and you can learn it pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and, and if you learn this process, you'll take some control back over over how you want your personal work to be put out in the world. Yeah. Instead of leaving it up to some print house that's going to screw it all up for you. Right. They didn't do it. Or you're going to drop way more money doing it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the Bastards of Our Podcast. Thanks, guys. Is that my radio voice? It is your radio Where voice. can they find us? Hey, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and www.bastardsart.com. And please, one more plug. If you can go to our iTunes page, mm -hmm. leave a comment, rate us, so that we can get higher up in the iTunes world and reach more people. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, guys.